You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from the past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodBay, and Speaker. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast, and I don't do this alone. No, that's pretty much what a co-host means. So let me bring in my fellow co-host. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mr. Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you? Uh, doing great, Miranda. Real excited about all the great stuff we have to talk about this week. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about. And, I mean, you have to plug in. Dusty was not featured in only one, but two blogs this week from his adventures out in Austin uh, from AEW. I believe you were featured in Sammy's blog and uh Ethan Page's blog. Yeah, both Video of blog. them. Yeah. Yes. Got a got a good shot in both. Yeah. I, I, really I missed the Ethan Page one. That's cool. Yeah. I was the only heckler. Like everybody was on their phone video in it and I was in his face like, boo, get out of here. Classic Dusty. <laughs> you got Classic you gotta be Dusty. in the moment. This is Exactly. The like, yeah, yeah, I don't want to be on my phone. I want to have fun. Yeah, right? good for you. Good. <laughs> That's why you bring your kid to the show. Then you yeah. have the and you can film the kid, and you'll be like, I'm just being the good dad. Yeah. Well, he was like, filming me. That's <laughs> the Pampiro Furpo story we got, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and our second co-host, well, third, technically, there's three of us because we're a trio, is who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's it. Hey. Hey, you already heard my voice, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> now, that was a little, sneak preview. Sneak preview, <laughs> sneak preview. I, I mean, it's hard, especially when Dusty's being so popular Dusty's and being so in all awesome. these vlogs. <laughs> yeah, living his awesome. best life, Dusty. Yeah. Speaking of living their best lives, we have a few birthday shout-outs. First, yeah. a very, very happy birthday. Feliz cumpleaños to friend of the show, uh, someone we adore and love to watch and love to chat with. Mr. Iguana's birthday was this week. Yes. Uh, yeah. We hope he had a fantastic birthday. Uh, Absolutely. You know, one of our favorite people uh, of all time and someone we just enjoy watching in AAA and also making a bigger presence here in the States. Um, if you have not followed Mr. Iguana or know Mr. Iguana, you just need to 
follow him. You need to see his social videos. Watch his matches. Um, you know, they're so entertaining and fun to watch. Yeska, of course, I'm sure, uh, not, now I don't think we have a confirmed date of birth yet for Yeska, but I'm sure she also enjoyed Mr. Iguana's birthday this week. Well, you know, they've partied together. I mean, yes. Yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yes. You do not have one without the other. So, feliz cumpleaños, Mr. Iguana. Happy birthday. Uh, from the trio here at the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast to you. We hope you had a fantastic, fantastic birthday. And someone else who's had a birthday this week, Thunder Rosa. Uh, Feliz cumpleaños to her as well. She's had a very big week. We are going to talk much, much more about her later on in the show. Uh, but, you know, a great week for Thunder Rosa on top of her birthday. Uh, we will get into that. No spoilers yet, but if well, you know, you know that she's yeah. had a pretty darn, pretty darn good week. I'm gonna, there's one thing that didn't make it into the segment we're about to introduce this, that I'm just gonna add in real quick since we're talking about her. Mission Pro starts touring soon. Mm-hmm. So, um, congratulations to them for starting a touring schedule. I know that is her, her baby and, uh, that's Super a huge cool. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully coming to a city near you, Mission Pro Wrestling, the, the first Completely female, organized run, and primarily female facing uh, talent too. So, all right. Well, Which, Brendan, yeah, go ahead and take us to the road back to shows. <laughs> That's the one. That's the segment that, that I just funny. barely wasn't uh, wasn't going to talk about it, and then I realized it was Thunder Rosa's birthday. But we're going to start with our usual place. Mexico City is yellow. The government has affirmed that they will fix it at yellow for a little bit. Um, This is going to get – it's kind of weird and awkward as it always is with them trying to cope with how COVID is is working. Um, AAA's uh, date for for, uh, Triple Mania seems to still be firmly set. Uh, Dusty will obviously let us know if there's any major revelations on that. But uh, I'm also keeping an eye on it as related to Mexico City still being yellow. Yeah. Uh, yeah go ahead. seems very firm right now. I mean, yeah. it, I, I, I expected it would change. It still could, but right now it looks pretty steady and pretty solid to yeah. keep their date. Yeah, they, they, the teams, the, the uh, tourist things, uh, teams, because the football team is where I was at, that have yeah. been impacted have been uh, have already made major announcements, and AAA has not. So it, we seem to be in good shape there. But who knows? They uh, cases new cases are increasing and not decreasing right now, mm-hmm. just like they are in many areas of the United States. Is that Delta so. variant happening? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I could editorialize on the amount of people <laughs> that think that it, that the world is is fine and safe now as well. But anyway. But it has, it has continued to affect uh, other things as well. So uh, we had shows that had to cancel this the over yeah, recently. Uh, the of of note is Vanguardia and DTU uh, have indefinitely postponed their shows in uh, Pachua region, uh, where the color designation is light red. 
I, I we all giggled about the this I <laughs> read when I first read it. Um, <laughs> they they seem to be really afraid to say red, so we're just going to be light red or pinkish or you know, um, they but both of those dates uh, impacted other other events that we will be talking about in the indie roundup. So I figured I would mention this as well. Uh, also, shows are being canceled. Uh, Arena. Queretario says they'll be forced to go bay out back on hiatus if conditions continue to get worse in, in the state. So instead of the optimism that we had just a couple short weeks ago, people are already starting to pull back and get paranoid that they may have to stop what they're doing. And it's just unfortunate, but, uh, that's the state we're in right now. Um, hopefully, there it's it's caution with with a with a good reason and we get we get back through and get up get back to being on the road to shows i have one other ending this on a good note i like to end the, this uh the road back to shows on as good a note as i can the crash is, has announced that they are returning to to live shows and They've got, uh, they're teasing Andrade is going to be there as well as a Lucha Libre or a AAA star. So, um, don't know who that is. There's lots of speculation on who it could be, but all in all, it's kind of cool to see the crash trying to, to come back and in, into the big swing and, uh, on yet another date for Andrade, who's just becoming the hardest working man in wrestling right now. Truly. Mm-hmm. And he's been lots of shows lately building yeah. that brand. Yeah. And he's, he's uh, announcing more dates. He's not slowing down. So good stuff there. So that was the road back to shows. We're just going to roll right into the indie roundup. A lot of this has, uh, there's a lot of synergy in this. I love to, to use corporate pe- synergy. Yeah. There it uh-huh. is. <laughs> um, Big Lucha had their first televised show. They've had other shows, but you know, they, they had one that was on the internet somewhere. I didn't get to see it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why what happened on this one, but, uh, for those of you who don't remember, Big Lucha is the show that operates out of Bandito's gym. So these are, you're going to hear a lot of familiar names, particularly in the top half of the card. Uh, in the first match, we had Chaman El Bendito. So I don't know if this is intentional or not. El Bendito. Elemental. Uh, uh, and so Chaman El Bendito and Elemental against Kamata Maya, Gravity, and Orbita. Uh, the uh, Chaman El Bendito and Elemental came out on top on that. In the second match, you had Mil Almas against uh, Skyade. I never say his name right. We, Gabe just said it and I tried to make a note of it and I still can't say it right. But this is, we're talking about a veteran man who is a master of the Yaves. I really want to find footage of this match in particular. He's probably was there as an instructor. Um, Mil Almas won after a, a foul, but it was, a, a, according to Cubs fans notes it was because there was an evil referee involved so now I really need to see this um, and then we had uh, Dementor 
Bestia del Ring, uh, La Mascara against Demonio Inferno, Hio del Abrije, and Trauma One. Uh, this was, uh, a, a little bit of a match, or, you know, card will change sort of a situation, but Dementor, Bestia del Ring, and Mascara won. Uh, then we had Cyclone Ramirez Jr. and Commander against Emperador Azteca and Latigo, uh, which again was a last minute replacement. Latigo worked his way in. Um, the, the Commander got the pinfall after the Rudos got unmasked. So again, thank you Cubs fan for your notes on this. I did not get a chance to see this and, uh, I really wanted to. And then in our last match, we had Bandito, Roosh, and Fresario Jr. Now, let's let's just go over this here. This is the one. You have the man who owns the gym. You have the single biggest face in Lucha Libre now, right now. And you have a hot up-and-coming star. Dusty Miranda, who do you think won this match? <laughs> Well, if it was WWE, they'd have the heel win. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I'm going to go with the face. you got to go with the face. Yeah, right? I mean, that's Lucha. <laughs> you face, know? Baby, ben- face. <laughs> Bandito did win, but it's because Roosh cheated. So he got oh. got himself dis- disqualified. And, and so it was one of those, technically the face won. But not really, which hopefully makes fans hungry to come back for another match. Because, you know, that's that. To your to your point about the WWE, that's kind of what they do is they'll they'll uh, make the face lose a lot of the time, so that the fans are always like, maybe this is the one time, maybe this is it. <laughs> it's never it. <laughs> yeah. And just when you think it will make sense or there's a story down the line, there never is. So. Well, we can dream, but, you know, I'm more optimistic about that happening out of Bandito's gym because it's not all about, uh, it's not all about a national company. It's just basically him having a show with his students and his friends. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the point, as long as he and Rush stay friends, Rush stay friends, we can, they can maybe do something with this. Um, and then we had, uh, I, I wanted to give a shout out. I was invited earlier in the year to go out to New Jersey to see this, uh, La Invasion of AAA Ucha Libre event. Um, yes. I'm, and this is not a commentary on the wrestling, but having seen some of the footage from social media, I'm really glad I didn't go because apparently it was, uh, borderline hurricane during the event and oh. that sounds miserable um but i didn't get many of the results yet so i'm trying to reach out to the people that invited me to so i can get specific results psycho clowns put up a bunch of stuff on his personal feed a couple of the other wrestlers have put up uh things on social media so i've got some hints i've seen a lot of very wet wrestlers <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But congratulations on getting a big show out in New Jersey. Like, if I was in New Jersey, I would have braved the rain to be out there because yeah. that's amazing. I just mm-hmm. would have been miserable if I flew all the way across the country to sit in the rain because, you know, I get enough of that here. Very fair. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I did want, I just, like I said, I wanted to shout out to them. Thank you for the invitation. Hopefully I can make it to one of your events in the near future. Uh, now that, uh, travel is easier and I seem to be accruing benefits for travel at this point. My, all my credit cards want me to fly. So maybe, maybe that's a hint to all of you indie promoters. I yep. might be able to, <laughs> I might be able to come out to your show in the near future if you just let me know. Um, we talked about shows being canceled in, in, uh, Mexico, GCW. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling. This was the weekend they were down in Mexico doing their tour. They were going to do three shows. Near as I can tell, they only did one, which was on Fight TV. However, that was the Zona 23 show. So I intentionally did not watch that. I apologize to anyone that's relying on me. But uh, that was going to be way too hardcore for me to uh, enjoy. I would have paid money to basically listen to the commentary because i can't there's a, there's a lot of covering my face if it, those of you who saw the triple mania cover live stream we did during even during the the very light extreme rules match they had at, at one point i was not even watching the screen so there's no way with uh zona 23 and gcw that i'm gonna be <laughs> able to watch anything uh they they did have some news out of it. The ZCW Tag Team Championships did come off of Ciclope and Medio Extremo back uh, to the team of G-Raver and Jimmy Lloyd, who are not a regular tag team from my understanding in GCW. They're kind of the uh, the super team that was representing the promotion. So uh, if you are if you are a GCW fan, there's probably big sore building out of that, but. Mexico no longer owns their their tag team titles, which is kind of kind of sad, but uh, at the same time, good for GCW who's doing a lot of shows. Um, and then we had some IWRG. We actually had a lot of IWRG, but I'm gonna give you just a, a little taste of of that. Uh, there's lots of coverage up for IWRG on Lucha Central's page itself. So uh you if you need your full results you can find them there. Uh there was a it was a six match card here. I'm going to the top half of this we had Astroboy Freelance and Redimido against Mr. Puma Official AK47 and Zombie and uh the the team of Astroboy Freelance and Redimido came out on top on that. And then the next match we had Connect Junior against Hijo de Dos Caras. Uh, they, this ended in DQ with Connect Jr. technically getting the, the hand raised, but again, it's IWRG. They're, they're building towards, uh, a bigger show by, by not having a, a, a big, uh, somebody take a pinfall at this point. And then in the six man, in the six match, we had Hijo de Albrije, Murder Clown, and Mysticis Jr. Against Abismo Negro Jr., Tonile, and Toxin. So one of the reasons I wanted to cover this is these are all names we've talked about in the last couple of, of shows. So I want to see the footage of this match, but, uh, it turns out that Hijo de la Brije, Murder Clown, and Mysticis came out with the win on this. Um, 
Toxin, who we talked a lot about being a great base, being involved means that you can have all kinds of crazy things going on with him and Mr. Seas Jr. Uh, Murder Clown is in there for reasons. Um, <laughs> it's always anytime you get any member of the, of the Psycho Circus here, something bizarre is going to happen and probably cookie sheets are going to die. So I again, super happy with all of this. But uh, that was our IWRG. Again, I will point out that uh, IWRG in particular is covered on the Lucha Central updates. Uh, they they have most of the results we're talking about here for you, as well as many of the other results we'll be talking about later on the show. Thank you, Brendan, for both the Road Back to Shows and the Indie Roundup. Do not forget... We still want to feature independent promotions on our show. So if you are an independent wrestler, fan, or promotion, make sure you hit us up on social media. We will give our information at the end of the show. So that way you can let us know, you know, what shows are happening, matches, all of that. We'd love to feature on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Now we're going to kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. One in English y el otro en Español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. 
Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you, in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend, Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at lucha-masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Thank you to Denise Salcedo, who brings us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. Up next, we're going to be jumping into a segment that we haven't had towards the beginning of the show for a while, but man... (laughs) Was it, I mean, look, we all know what the week has been in wrestling <laughs> everywhere, you know, surprises left and right. So, I mean, it's hard to deny uh, how good, you know, weekend it was for WWE. So, Dusty, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, crowds were back. They had Friday Night Smackdown in Houston. It was an exciting night. Our opening match of the night was a trios match. Of the Usos and Roman versus the Mysterios with Edge. This was actually a surprisingly solid trios match. It was really good. WWE did a great job of only kind of teasing Roman versus Edge during the match. But unfortunately, the Mysterios and Edge took the loss with Ray taking the actual pin. Losing to the most dangerous move in wrestling. Oh, the schoolboy no. roll up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the dreaded roll up. Post-match, Jay abused Ray. Jimmy took out Dominic, but Edge came in to make the save with the chair. Edge took out both Usos, but then he took a massive Superman punch from Roman. Roman broke off one of the bracing struts on the chair and took too long to do it. Edge was able to hit him with the spear. Edge hit the crossface on Roman with the piece of the chair. Great visual. Awesome. So... That was cool, but then Raw, before we get to the, you know, the pay-per-view, Raw, Karrion Cross lost oh. to Jeff Hardy for absolutely no reason, and <laughs> Jeff Hardy's only won three matches this year. One was when he tagged with Carlito, and the other was against Cedric Alexander in a retirement match. Like, those are the only two wins he's had all year. He beat Karrion Cross. It was an extremely weird match. It didn't last long. It went Under by three minutes. Yeah. And on top of that, Jeff Hardy felt it was strange for a large part of it because he just wasn't connecting with some of his bigger moves. Like he just couldn't seem to pull it out. And then all of a sudden, babyface Jeff Hardy puts his feet on the rope and gets a pin like it. It yeah. made absolutely no sense. It made no sense in the context of Karrion's current trajectory. It made little sense in the context of Raw and their current booking with Jeff Hardy. Like, yeah. it was just very strange. And he was so protected in NXT and on an unbeaten streak. And like, mm-hmm. It just seems yeah. so random that they bring him in now, even though we did know that, you know, he had the, the dark match, it just seems so uh, unsolicited outside of just, hey, we have live crowds again. Let's just pack on yeah. a, a show so these live crowds can kind of get what but they would consider yeah. their money's worth. So that's exactly. just it. They put it. It felt like to me that they were putting in in front of a live crowd to see how he would do. But then they stripped him bare of all of the magic he has down in NXT. And I'm not Mm -hmm. talking about the championship. I'm talking about 
his charismatic entrance, his uh, his uh, like you said, the the unbeaten streak, like all mm-hmm. of these things that contribute to like almost holding your breath when they his entrance starts, uh, and then magnetically being drawn to the screen while he's on there because you want to see what's going to happen. And they took that all away, and then to make it to make it worse, you had Jeff Hardy not at his best doing uh, an under three minute match. So yeah. you know, like, it just seems so. Yeah, it just seems random. And you know, by the way, he's your current NXT champion. No, Jeff so. Hardy's the champ now. Yeah, like I don't. I just <laughs> why? Like why would you do that? It, yeah, it's baffling to me. It, I feel like that the unsolved mystery seems yeah. to play as soon as <laughs> it absolutely should. Just an inexplicable decision. But we also had Money in the Bank Sunday night, first big pay per view back with crowds. Fort Worth, the crowd was hot for the show. It was awesome, yeah. but. The Mysterios versus Usos tag title match was on the pre-show. Like, I, I don't know why the pre-show, but it was a great tag team match. The Mysterios got a really cool kind of Lucha Underground-esque intro where they warped from, like, another worldly Chichen Itza Mayan pyramid thing to the arena. That was really cool. But, yeah, that was about the best thing that happened for the Mysterios. They worked great together with the Usos. Ray kicked out of the Uso splash, which is unusual, and I thought for sure they were going to win at that point, but it didn't happen. I was on that too, yeah. Yeah, I was surprised too, given Jimmy's legal issues, that you know they pulled the trigger on them being tag champs, but I guess that's their vision for the Usos. And again, they got the win with that roll-up, you know, the unmitigated danger. Of the schoolboy roll-up. Most dangerous move in all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we have new SmackDown tag team champions in the Usos. We also had Zelina in the Women's Money in the Bank match. Uh, although she didn't win, hardly anybody pegged Nikki A.S.H. as the possible winner of the match, but she pulled it off. Later cashed in on Raw the following night in that latest that's like the trend now. When you win the women's money in the bank, you cash in the next night on Raw. Literally. Or the same night. Yeah, yeah or the same night. The fourth year in a row where a cash-in has occurred within 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. And Carmella's the only one to hold it for any yep. length mm-hmm. of time, which is just mind-blowing. But, yeah. And so she cashed in. But Zelina had... Some great spots in the match. She got in a lot of offense. My personal favorite was when she rode on Natalia's back to the top of the ladder. But her scheming and dreaming weren't enough. And Nikki A.S.H. was able to climb over the crowd and get the win. Uh, nice surprising match. This was a good match. I enjoyed it, especially with the surprise ending. Everybody called Alexa Bliss. They got rid of her in an interesting fashion. I liked that. The The whole thing was just, yeah, great match. Uh, and at least somebody with a mass gimmick won. I mean, you know, if we're not yeah. going to get Zelina Vega, let's give them yeah. the rest of the Yeah, know. well, kind of. <laughs> it's kind of a reach, but. <laughs> a mask I, is a mask. Yeah. We talked about this. There's, there's mass wrestlers and there's luchadors, but mass wrestlers are closer to, to luchadors than, than, uh, 
most American wrestlers. So, yeah. you know. You know. Yeah. Fair, fair enough. A little step in the right direction. Right. Uh, and during our main event for the Universal title uh, during, between Edge and Roman, we saw the Mysterios run out after the Usos tried to get involved when Edge put Roman in a crossface like he did on Friday. But despite keeping the Usos out of the ring, the Mysterios' old foe, Seth Rollins, he showed up, super kicked Edge, uh, seemingly building to the rumored Edge versus Seth Rollins matchup at SummerSlam. But I kind of hoped that we would get like a Ray and Edge versus Roman and Seth tag team matchup, maybe, or at least maybe beforehand. That would be pretty it'd be exciting. Good, be a, a good match for the road to that SummerSlam match. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the old guard versus the new guard, like mm-hmm. old SmackDown. I mean, 2009, 2010, Ray and Edge were all over SmackDown. Yeah, Such true. a nice little throwback. And we need a tag team match, player. If we can't go <laughs> one-on-one with The Undertaker, we got to have a tag team match. <laughs> oh, God bless you. <laughs> But yeah, that was this week in WWE. So the Mysterios, they lost the title, but they're higher than ever on the, you know, kind of the visual scale and, you know, involved with the main event still. So we'll see what comes to that. And I have not had time to watch it yet, but I know that Angel Garza was on main event this week. And so we will review that next week. There's another guy they could be using better. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that is this week in WWE. And, well, we still got plenty of more for you because, Dusty, you're going to take us through this week in AEW. Yeah, we had quite a bit in AEW this week. Dark Elevation, Monday night, it was stacked with Lucha content. There were several great matches uh, Jungle Boy versus Angelico was a real highlight. Ooh, it fire. Was such, yeah, such a fantastic match. So fun. The perfect type of pairing for Elevation. Angelico and Jungle Boy worked so well together. I mean, just fantastic. There was some smart mat wrestling. They got in some really great-looking strikes. I mean, the, some of the Navarro stuff. Overall, so good. Like I on paper you see Jungle Boy versus in Helicopter, you're like, Oh yeah, that would be good. Like it was so good. Like it's everything you expect. I highly <laughs> recommend that match. And the main event of Dark Elevation was Pinta and Eddie Kingston versus JD Drake and Cesar Bonani. This was a fun match, but was more of a showcase for the pairing of Eddie and Pinta than anything else. If you love those guys paired up as much as I do, it's absolutely a must-watch match. After the match, Pinta got on the microphone and dropped a really charismatic promo in Spanish before Alex Abrahantes translated that Pinta says... How great it was to be back in Austin. How great it was to be back in front of the fans. And then Eddie got the microphone and said, if you ain't AEW, then you ain't shit. And (laughs) so that's how they ended it. But we must give honorable mention to Fuego Del Sol versus Luchasaurus. This was a really fun match. Great match. Luchasaurus wins. But at the end, there's a feel-good moment where they – 
Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus race Fuego's hand. The crowd was so excited for Fuego. He's in the entrance of, uh, like the main intro rather of Dark Elevation now. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's pretty safe to say that he signed and we're being, we're being worked a little, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, but I, I, I like it. I like Underdog Fuego del Sol. Very cool. Yeah. And we also want to shout out Dolce Tormenta versus Hikaru yes. Shida. She's a second generation luchadora. Um, all her brothers are luchadoras. I think you know a little more about this than I do, Brendan. Just a tiny bit. I, I, uh, researched her. Uh, the, yeah, they, she's, they're all the Texas based lucha promotion, lucha family. Uh, dad taught the brothers and then dad and brothers taught Dolce Tormenta, who's, uh, been working regularly out of Texas-based promotions such as Mission Pro. So you can, you can find more of her matches on there. It was really exciting to see her, uh, pop up on AEW, probably because they were in her back, backyard, but you know, maybe they'll do more with her in the future. Yeah. That would be exciting. She got a great reaction from the crowd too. I mean, I don't know if it was a a local thing. They were very hot for the local wrestlers. Super hot for her. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it it was a great match and it's exciting to see unsigned lucha talent right now on dark elevation especially. But speaking of lucha talent and signings, we had Tuesday Dark Thunder Rosa versus Kylan King. This match was short and sweet. The crowd was ultra hot for Thunder Rosa. I can't imagine the the noise in the arena. It was taped before Dynamite. It was one of the biggest pops of the night. The entire crowd, literally the entire crowd, were thunder were chanting for Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa fans. We mentioned she had a birthday today, and in her even bigger news, Thunder Rosa is all elite. Uh, it's official. It's happening. Yeah, it's, it happened gift? today. Okay. Yeah, and Brian Alvarez was the first to report that Tony Khan bought out her NWA contract earlier this month. Then later, Fightful confirmed the report. It's you know very interesting. She had asked for her release in 2020 and did not receive it. Tony Khan apparently wanted to buy the contract for a while, according to Fightful at least, wanted to buy the contract for a while. And was unable to do so, but Billy Corgan recently, you know, approved it. It went through. So she is now all elite. She's, I, I can't imagine we won't see her back in NWA, especially at the Empower event coming up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wouldn't also be surprised at all if Tony Khan made an announcement that Smashing Pumpkins were better than Radiohead or something strange. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> uh, oh wow. Yeah. From from the flip side of this, I can't blame NWA for dragging their feet on this. You have yeah. Thunder Rosa at the height of her popularity. Mm-hmm. Uh you you're building towards a women's division. Of course you want to keep her there. Even you know, even if she's asking for the release, like you have plans. You want to use her as a centerpiece. So um well, especially when she caught fire, like she was yeah. the main attraction for NWA throughout the pandemic era. Yep. Like she was yep. their highest profile. Uh, they had Ricky Starks, they had Eddie Kingston, but post pandemic, like all they had was Thunder Rosa. Yeah, there are rumors. And, there's more going on behind the scenes than just we can't pay you during COVID. So right. I, I just want to make make it certain that they're 
there may be personal reasons why some of these people left as well. So uh, it's just the only the big reason why I I don't like NWA holding on to talent either. If once you're to the point that the talent's asking to be let go, you're not you're not WWE. They're they're not gaining you're not gaining anything by holding on to them. Right. And there were also rumors during the the pandemic era that Tony Khan was paying Thunder Rosa's guarantee because she was appearing on Dynamite, but it was also getting the NWA off the hook financially to Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't a whole lot of motivation for her to stick around if that was the case. Like if the AEW's paying you. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Who's who's building the loyalty here? Yeah. Tony yeah. Khan looks like he's building the loyalty and not uh, Billy Corrigan. Yes. So but, this I mean, will – yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I assume we'll find out more details as time goes on. But, you know, I, a lot of, uh, non-disclosure agreements go around these days too when you leave a company. So that could be, or non-disparagement clauses. So maybe we won't find out anything, but it's certainly an interesting set of circumstances right now. And interesting that Tony Khan bought out her contract. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to see her. Instantly vaulted to the main event. I don't see anybody else getting the title from Britt Baker other than Thunder Rosa. They've got that fight forever feel now between them, and I am so excited for that pairing. So I feel like that's actually the biggest motivation on the AEW side is if she's not signed, it's it's a risk and a liability to keep her in the title picture because you don't know when she's going to – take off and do take a better deal somewhere else or you know know. the fact that she didn't either you know i mean the fact Uh, that she uh, and who knows you know there's there's a lot that we don't know but i do think the sense that she really was the first to right capitalize on this forbidden door concept that you know and we'll talk more about her again later because, you know, now that she's official, does this also mean we are going to see still see her do more things? Um, I do think that yeah. they really still need her as a cornerstone of the women's division because it's still Absolutely. struggling mm-hmm. um, and not for lack of talent. But I just think, you know, uh, rivalries, the writing still a challenge. But I do yep. think that anything that Thunder Rosa has done in AEW has been compelling. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you're 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 going to what I'm saying though. If yeah. she's not signed while she's in that position, it's a risk that you're going to yeah. just lose access to her while she's Nova Hot and and kind of as you said, one of their cornerstones. So you, and Dusty said too, like the Britt Baker feud is fight forever vibes. You just you want to lock that down. You want to make sure you have access to that magic. That's what I'm saying on the AEW mm-hmm. side of let's buy out this contract, let's pay your guarantees, let's make this happen because she's she's uh she's money right now she's a license to make money in 2021 absolutely well and even the merchandising like the action figure guys were real excited you know online as soon as she was announced and so the whole thing it just yeah it tempers down a lot of the liability that they might have of her going somewhere else it was unlikely with mission pro and everything else she has going on that she would go anywhere else but people will surprise you. So it was a, a smart decision on all sides for 
Thunder Rosa to be all elite. And also this week we had on Dynamite, we had a quick moment with Tony Schiavone introducing Andrade and Andrade announced that he had a new executive consultant and his executive consultant is Chavo Guerrero. This is a huge get for AEW. Basically yeah. everybody backstage at Lucha Underground and Glow. They talked about what a great coach slash trainer slash producer that Chavo was behind the scenes. And if AEW wants to take their Lucha a little more seriously, which they seem to be doing now, somebody like Chavo backstage in that role is huge. Mm-hmm. He's a great talker. I mean, perfect thing for Andrade. And they didn't get too far to the segment before we heard the music and death triangle were on the ramp phoenix is back he was back from injury pack was there it was awesome andrade tried to recruit them he wanted to be their new leader he told them they worked for him now um no like coincidence i'm sure he kept using the word tranquilo like i feel like that's building to something hopefully and but yeah, he tried to recruit them to be their new leader to no avail. They did not want to be the new leader. They took turns denouncing Andrade before like the entire referee brigade came out and tried to separate them before Death Triangle then chased Chavo and Andrade out of the ring. It was so good, so exciting, exactly kind of what Andrade needed. It's mm-hmm. setting his character up in a way that we kind of knew but didn't really have like a firm idea on before he alluded to it with his uh black mask gear from batman but yeah he's like el jefe in a way i mean Mm -hmm. it's very cool love that and also in an interesting bit of andrade trivia on this show i believe it was the main event archer lance archer defeated moxley for the iwgp u.s title and that was the last time or that this time before, like the last time before this, that a New Japan title changed hands and a non New Japan ring was eight years ago when Andrade, then La Sombra, beat Shinsuke Nakamura to win the IWGP Intercontinental title on May the 31st, 2013 in Arena, Mexico. So, I mean, just kind of a cool now you get an education. Yeah. yeah. We gotta throw Teach that him, throw that info dump in there. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, but yeah, so a lot of cool Andrade stuff. Finally getting some exposition of his character, a little bit of dimension to what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I think the pairing of Chavo and Andrade is so much better than the pairing of Vicky and Andrade. Yes. But it makes so yeah. much sense that Vicky would bring in her nephew Chavo. Like mm-hmm. just yeah, I mean, they, they really tied it together in a way that I thought was sublime. I wondered where they were going with the Vicky thing. The pairing wasn't for me, but they really pulled it out. So It, it finally made sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you Absolutely. Know, I think our problem with AEW is we don't have enough history to like we do with WWE to have faith for them to make a good or a bad decision. And they finally, we, we finally saw that they were leaning to something good. Yeah. I was a tiny bit disappointed. There was there was this voice in the back of my head when I saw Chavo come out like, well, now he can't be on Azteca Underground. Yeah, well, that's really? true. <laughs> well, that would. Yeah, we've seen a lot of yeah. uh, synergetic and energy or not energy um talent transfers with MLW and AEW and, you know, kind of things go back and forth. So maybe, maybe he can show up. 
I mean, I hope so. Uh, I have a question for you, Dusty. Sure. So we had you were last week. You were at an AEW taping. Uh, and you saw that, and then the WWE was in Texas this week. So you could have made it to that if you wanted to. Yeah. Do, would you? Do you? Do you think you made the right choice, or would you have rather been at the WWE show? Oh, absolutely. I I would go. We're we're already planning AEW shows again. Like they're coming to St. Louis. We're talking about full gear if they don't do the uh like a dynamite here in Wichita, Omaha, anywhere we can drive in an afternoon. We're going to try to start going to AEW. Compared to WWE, it was so much fun, so easy. WWE felt like going to work. You know, what I mean, like in comparison. <laughs> and I I had no faith in WWE to put on a show that I wanted to see for the value. Like we could have gone mm-hmm. to SmackDown or Money in the Bank, and we just decided not to for the money. Like I, yeah. I don't necessarily feel that we would have been disappointed this time, but I've been very disappointed with the money I've put up at right. WWE before. So, but Dynamite, uh, you know, this was my first Dynamite, but I had the best time. The the crowd was incredible. It's just a different atmosphere in general. Even on TV, you can tell. But it's just so much more communal at an AEW event than anything I've ever encountered in all my years of WWF and WWE events. Fair and, Yeah. So this was not a, a paid endorsement for AEW. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just my honest feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, WWE, the, if you open your wallets, we'll, we'll say nice things about you, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always have nice things to say about NXT, at least. Oh, yeah. No, actually, we do love <laughs> WWE. Our problem with WWE, just to be clear, is that they disappoint us based on their potential. That's, Absolutely. That's, yeah. <laughs> well, that is this week in AEW. Don't forget the results for WWE, such as Monday Night Raw and SmackDown, are available on LuchaCentral.com. And, of course, AEW Dark and Dynamite. Stay tuned to the, keep on hearing our thoughts on both WWE products and AEW products. That includes this week in NXT. Uh, I would say we got four big takeaways from NXT this week. First, and somewhat in order, but not whatever, <laughs> is uh, NXT has announced uh, TakeOver 36. Uh, it has been announced for Sunday, August 22nd, which is the day after SummerSlam. So that is going to be an interesting series. This will be the first time that a... Uh, a takeover proceeds a WWE main event. Um, so we are going to get SummerSlam on Saturday night and then takeover on Sunday night. Um, so that's, again, very interesting to see. Uh, that is going to be live at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Um, it won't be uh, on the road. I know uh, NXT is still evaluating, uh, you know, some plans to go back on the road. And it does seem like if they do go back on the road, they will may likely resume their Florida tour scene, which was the, what they did uh, prior to the pandemic, though they were making some stops in different uh, cities. Um, it sounds like they would be starting in Florida again and then mm-hmm. possibly moving their way back up to touring um, outside of the state of Florida. So uh, so uh, traditionally their tours, because I was talking with you guys offline about this, 
they would do they would do it over the summer. Mm-hmm. So they would do they would do like a winter core stay in Florida where it's you know they could control all the conditions and then they would travel all across the country. We got to see two or three NXT shows up here in Seattle mm-hmm. because so so that hopefully that's what they're talking about returning to as well. But yeah, yeah. they need to do the baby steps go into do the Florida tour first. Sorry, just no. cutting it. Very good point, yes. So that's number one takeaway from this week in NXT. Number two, we had Frankie Monet back in action uh, versus JC Jane. And this time around, she did come out with Jesse Kamea, formerly from the Robert Stone brand. Uh, Robert Stone did join them as well. Uh, so maybe she is now this new leader of the Robert Stone brand or this new faction. Um, really, the more interesting thing that happened from this match was more what happened outside of the ring. And that was Mandy Rose. She came out and sat at the announce table, like literally on the table to watch uh, Frankie Monet work. Uh, of course, Frankie Monet won with the Glam Slam. And afterwards, this was more for WWE.com. Uh, Frankie Monet did post or did share a, a promo in which she put the entire women's division on notice. Um, I do think it's very interesting that Mandy Rose watched her. Mandy Rose came out last week as well to watch another match. Um, but it does now make a little bit more sense um, that Mandy Rose is in NXT. It's been reported that her former tag team partner, Dana Brooke, um, is with child. So now it kind of oh, wow. makes sense. I mean, that's just put out and, and – uh, that could be a reason why Mandy Rose, uh, that whole storyline kind of got dropped, uh, and that she's in NXT. But I would be actually pretty surprised and pretty happy with a Mandy Rose, Frankie Monet feud, um, with very similar kind of personalities and cattiness. Mm-hmm. And Frankie Monet just works miracles in the ring. So I think she'd be able to have a very good match with Mandy Rose. But it's also, again, her way of climbing her way towards the top. Um, I hope to see her in a match on TakeOver, um, a proper match on TakeOver. I'd love to see that for her. Item number three, we had Legado de Fantasma and Hit Row in a segment. It started off with Legado de Fantasma, which they had promised a mariachi musical madness, where they had some mariachis in masks uh, with the guitars there. But Santos told his mariachi to, to leave the ring. And pretty much saying that he refused to lower himself to the level of Hit Row by using music, instead using wrestling to define himself and define Legado de Fantasma. But that means Hit Row came out talking some some smack. Um, and eventually that led to a confrontation between the two groups in the middle of the ring. Um, at one point it looks like uh, Santos was going to hit Isaiah Swerbscott over the back with a guitar, uh, but that was taken away. And then that guitar, I believe, got used on Joaquin Wilde. Uh, but... Uh, yes, it did. It, it got used on Joaquin Wilde, who got the, got, got the guitar. Uh, so this feud still is, is fire with really the leads being, uh, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott and, uh, of course, um, Santos Escobar. Um, but you know, you still have both members of both factions. It looks like it's a, it's a great faction warfare and still playing up on those, you know, little things like music being a factor in it. 
I do hope it doesn't turn to be too gimmicky. I don't think it will uh, because both are able to talk. Both are able to perform in the ring. This was just a way to kind of throw a common tie to two very completely different groups. Um, so it was, you know, entertaining. And how many, I mean, you can't ever really get tired of seeing someone take a guitar shot. Uh, it, it's just it's just wrestling science. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Jarrett made a career out of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Broke a million guitars and never yep. drew a dime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, we had Zia Lee versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. Yes. As much as it was great to see them in the beginning of this match, the match really was clouded with, uh, you know, an injury that Zaya Lee, uh, ended up sustaining towards the end of the match. Um, it looked like she got some kind of, you know, getting the wind knocked out of her from a, a I believe it was a Vader bomb, uh, that Raquel Gonzalez. Twisting Vader bomb. Yeah, that just twisting Vader add, bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pretty much knocked the, the wind out of her and, uh, so towards the end of the match, officials, you know, uh, allowed the match to continue. Um, but, you, you know, we weren't sure what that was going to look like. But Gonzalez won with the single arm power bomb, La Chingona bomb uh, for the win. It was it seems like a positive sign at the end. Zaylee did get up and was able to, to walk to the back. But, um, you know. It was interesting how quickly they set this match up. Uh, and it's also one where, again, you know, Clash of Styles with Zaylee much more within uh, a striker style. Um, and with the size of Raquel Gonzalez, very important that she utilize that striking to get her off her feet. But the strength of Raquel Gonzalez, even Zaylee, who is fairly strong in her own right, um, you know, you just get, I think with some of that, that spinning Vader bomb, you know, just right enough twerk and enough momentum that it, you know, I, I didn't necessarily see anything her landing correctly from what I could tell, but I think it just really just knocked her out. Just the power of it seemed to be overwhelming. It's just physical contact. I didn't yeah. mean, you know, we talked about this in the interview with Gabe as well. It just happens. It's a contact sport sometimes things are going to not go just right. And that's, that's all there is to it. Cause I didn't, I didn't see anything wrong. And I know that's a move that Raquel does a lot. So uh, if she was, had a history of hurting people, they probably would have stopped her from doing it. So no, like I said, same. Yeah. I didn't see anything as far as the landing or the way that it was performed. Um, it's just that strength. And Raquel is incredibly mm-hmm. strong. Oh my goodness, yes. He's incredibly strong. So, um, a- another successful win. Now, there are spoilers out there, uh, because NXT was, has, has been taped for the next two weeks due to the Olympics. I've decided I'm not going to share those, but we do see a continuance with Raquel Gonzalez in the women's championship storyline. Something that I think a lot of thing, a lot of fans have been thinking about happening or thought would happen has happened. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, Yeah, something with Raquel Gonzalez is happening. Something that for some fans, it's been, you know, speculated and also kind of about time. So I'm going to wait until that airs to discuss it. The last thing I do want to mention about NXT, too, we have the continuance of storyline between Samoa Joe and Karrion Cross. Samoa Joe came out at the beginning of the show saying he wanted a piece of Karrion Cross. William Regal said, no, 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 
you know, you are an official now, uh, where Samoa Joe then said, he was going to wait for Karrion Cross to come into the arena. Um, he got someone who thought he thought was Karrion Cross was just some other bald guy, but that guy did reveal that Karrion Cross was already in the arena, and Karrion Cross got a sneak attack on Samoa Joe. Um, that storyline does also continue in tapings. Again, I'm not going to uh, mention that now. I'm going to just air these or talk about these results as they happen on television. Uh, but it'll be curious to see if. Carrion does pull double duty on Raw and NXT over the next few weeks. Um, And hopefully, you know, it's going to be just a balancing act. As we talked about, it is very curious to see him have a loss against Jeff Hardy and then, you know, beat up Samoa Joe on the same week. Um, I think it's going to be a big challenge that if he's not successful or not, winning on Raw, then how does that correlate with what he does in NXT? It also may seem like he doesn't have a match on NXT uh, anytime soon, and maybe they're saving it just for the next takeover, and he primarily has matches on Raw. Lots to think about and speculate with Karrion Cross now, but it seems like he's probably going to be pulling double duty uh, until, you know, possibly at TakeOver you know, possibly dropping the title and making that full transition to Monday Night Raw, as hi- history has shown us. Yeah. I know, not a huge fan of it, but we will see, WWE. We will see. Of course, the results for NXT are available on LuchaCentral.com, so make sure you check it out or just keep listening to our show if you continue to miss it. Up next, though... I'm going to jump into Impact Wrestling. They're a little bit further up on our rundown this week because they had Slammiversary and talked about a packed week of wrestling, of surprises, of, you know, things that we didn't expect. We had some things that we didn't expect at Slammiversary. Uh, another great show, another great year of Slammiversary by Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to go down through a few matches that Lucha Libre fans may want to know about. Uh, first off was the Ultimate X match for the X Division Championship. Uh, a highly uh, anticipated match uh, between Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, Petey Williams, Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and of course... Uh, the challenger, Josh Alexander. This is where the belt was suspended above the ring uh, with two ropes in an X fashion. Uh, and the only way you could get it was to climb up and get the belt itself. Um, this was some really interesting maneuvering, climbing up, utilizing of chairs, all of that. Uh, and there was this almost suspension where it was like, a scorpion tail almost movement that happened. Uh, oh, I think it was Josh Alexander who went up and, and legs up on the top of that X down. And there was a chain between everybody else in the match uh, with a sleeper hole to an ankle lock to, I, I forget the, the rest of the sequences, but it was, it was really fun to watch. Um, a super Canadian destroyer, uh, from, uh, Petey Williams on Rohit Raju and Trey Miguel. Um, but ultimately the winner of this match and still your X division champion, Josh Alexander. Um, so I think that's, I mean, it's hard to predict who could have won. Everyone had a, a, a case in this match to state as far as, you know, who would have won. 
Uh, I was thinking it was going to be Trey Miguel just because he was the only one in this match who hadn't been uh, exhibition champion, but I still think it's an amazing job to keep Josh Alexander as your exhibition champion. So I'm not mad at that at all. Next, we had a mixed tag match. Uh, with Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood, who they've kind of aligned themselves into a group or into a team um, against Matt Cardona and his mystery tag team partner, which, surprise, not surprise, was the hot mess Chelsea Green. And, you know, for Impact fans, they've known Chelsea in her previous work. Um, she's also the real-life partner of Matt Cordona, so that also made sense. She still had the cast on, so I know some people didn't think it was going to be her because of her cast, but she was able to compete, and her and Matt successfully won that match. Uh, she also wrestled again this week on Impact. So uh, we also saw her at Ring of Honor um, announced for the Ring of Honor Women's Tournament, and it looks like she's going to make a stay in Impact as well. So, uh, you know, Chelsea Green, she's staying busy, and I think it's great to see her back at Impact Wrestling. So I just... The... Uh difference between states here made a huge difference because ROH, the story is the state of Maryland wouldn't let her wrestle in the cast. Yes. And I believe that because Washington State would be the same way. She couldn't mm-hmm. wrestle here. So just a little sign of, of how wrestling mm-hmm. can be different based on where you're viewing it. You yes. might get get some of that just mm-hmm. an interesting yeah. little no, and that's very that's very true and also kind of waiting for her to make her debut in ring of honor um impact is taped in nashville tennessee which has slight you know different rules um and you know just keep some of that anticipation but it also means just like ec3 we saw him wrestle in ring of honor and impact at the same time Mm-hmm. So doesn't you know we don't know if she's in a in a contract with either company at this point, but it does look like she's actively going to be wrestling for both organizations, at least through the course of that tournament. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Up next, we had a fatal four way for the Impact Tag Team Championships. Uh, earlier, it was announced that TJP was ruled out of the match. Um, so Falaba needed a new partner, and that was revealed to be the former No Way Jose. Uh, to be his his partner, so I forget he went by a different name. Um, nobody the, remembers it. Nobody, yeah, nobody <laughs> remembers. Not not to be mean spirited, I just don't remember. Uh, no, uh, you're not the only one. Everybody I've talked to about this has said the same thing. Like I don't remember his name. They just called him No Way Jose. Yeah, so. No Way Jose. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, the the champions you had were violent by design, which were uh. You know, they were utilizing the free bird rule, so it was being defended by Rhino and Joe During. Um, and this one, too, I mean, Willie Mack, as, as, as always, you know, with some great spots. Uh, same thing with Rich Swan. They were very entertaining. Um, you know, even No Way Jose came out kind of in a very similar gimmick as what he used to do in WWE. Not sure if that's what he's going to continue to do or maybe do something else. But it seems like, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, but in this match, we did have the Good Brothers win and become uh, the new Impact Tag Team champions. Um, and so, who, you know, I, I wasn't thrilled by this. I was actually... Rooting for Violent by Design uh, because I thought they could have a very lengthy reign, but it looks like the titles are going back on to the Good Brothers. 
One of the biggest surprises of the night was for the Knockouts Championship match with Deanna Perazzo, who was up against a mystery opponent. And names came out of everywhere, really. Oh, yeah. But the mystery competitor was Thunder Rosa, making her, uh, you know, debut with Impact Wrestling. Um, I mean, that was a surprise for a lot of people, even though it wasn't uh, because she, you know, of course, it was part of that big time with the NWA and AEW. Um, I think just a lot of people were I know for me in particular was thinking it was going to be more of an impact related star. Uh, but nonetheless, Thunder Rosa coming in was, I think, a great idea um, mm-hmm. just because of, you know, Diana Parasso being such much more of a I would I guess more in, in the Lucha terminology, even though not necessarily Lucha train in the Yavis style, more in the submission style um of of wrestling um where also you know the uh thunder rosa has more of that even mixed martial arts background so that ended up being very interesting throughout the the match itself um a very good solid match um but diana Prazzo came out with the win um and so what happened afterward, though, was also interesting because Mickey James came out after the match and extended an invitation to get to Deanna Parazzo to be part of the NWA uh, all women show in power. And at first, Deanna scoffed, didn't seem very interested this week on Impact, though, she did seemingly uh, accept the invitation. So talk about that, you know, that uh, the magic doors or, or the forbidden doors. It looks like that we're going to keep on seeing that with Impact Wrestling as their knockouts champion will compete at NWA in power. And Thunder Rosa, you know, this was official. This was just a few days before, you know, the official announcement of her being signed by AEW. So who knows if that means we're finally going to get women's talent uh, interchanged between AEW and Impact. Man, such a crazy time. I love it. That's, it was. I think that was a big surprise. I did not expect it. I did not expect to see Thunder Rosa be the, the mystery opponent. She was one of my wouldn't it be cool thoughts, yes. but I didn't. Right? It was like, wouldn't it be cool? It would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yes. And again, it's a good, you know, Diana needs all the practice she's going to get when it comes to Lucha Libre style of wrestling um, as she prepares for her, you know, champion versus champion match at Triple Mania against Baby Apache. So I yeah. wish I, I wish they had tied that in, too, as, as well. But anyways, could have, would have, should have. Last but not least, we had the main event. It was a no disqualification match for the Impact World Championship, Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega. Now, I think it was easy to assume the no disqualification match meant that we were going to see, you know, interference from the Bullet Club, maybe Don Callis, maybe, you know, the Good Brothers. Some of that did kind of happen, uh, but... You know, you did have the Good Brothers try to interfere, but you had Chris Sabin and Eddie Edwards come out to try and, and balance the odds. But really, the no disqualification match revolved around Sammy Callahan's bread and butter, and that is hardcore, you know, uh, weapons in, in the match. You, he utilized a pizza cutter on Kenny Omega's forehead. There was thumbtacks, steel chairs, uh, much more of a hardcore match. Uh, for for this championship about, um, but you know, 
Kenny Omega locked in the one-winged angel on the thumbtacks to put away Sammy Callahan. And so Omega did retain the championship. The big thing that came out, though, at the end was uh, Switchblade Jay White came out at the end of the night. Um, just, you know, they, they threw out the two sweet to him. He did not respond. So it looks like there's more tie-ins happening in Impact Wrestling. Um, and that too was a, a very big surprise to see Jay White. So not necessarily Lucha Libre related, but just a fun thing to mention with Impact. We ended last week's show talking about Impact being one of the companies truly partnering with other organizations, other pro wrestling companies. Um, you know, whether it was allowing MLW to use the LAX name. Now we see, you know, with the continued partnership with AEW, you know, just bringing on Thunder Rosa, uh, the partnership with NWA, and now continuing with New Japan, having Jay White. So big kudos to Impact Wrestling, another great year slammiversary. Um, and, you know, much more results are uh, available out there as far as what happened at Slammiversary. But again, just focusing on the Lucha Libre content or Lucha adjacent content that fans should know about. But Impact Wrestling, things are happening there as well. I think this really this week was all about the big surprises, the big appearances, the oh my gosh, wrestling is red hot again. Yeah. It is a beautiful time to be a pro wrestling fan so uh make sure you check out of course this podcast for impact wrestling news uh and also just stay tuned to luchacentral.com for pro wrestling results i'm next though brennan you have a masked republic minute update heck yeah masked republic uh so the bad news for the listeners is that it, this will have happened by the time you're hearing this but they, uh, Mass Republic is part of Comic-Con at Home this year. They're doing a panel about video games, art, and Mexican culture. It was uh, on the Friday panels at 4 p.m. CT. So uh, you uh, will definitely be able to find it somewhere. I'm certain that Mass Republic will put links up. Uh, typically, the Comic-Con at Home stuff is all available day of on their YouTube channel. So you will have a chance to see this panel, which is what I'm going to have to do because I'll be working when it hits and uh, I want to see it too. But uh, just kind of cool thing like Comic-Con and Master Public is a natural fit and it's cool every time it happens. Yeah. I wish we could get more Lucha at these things. It'd be very exciting to see a tie in there. You never know. You never know. I, I mean, Mass Republic's been putting out the Luchaverse comics. Uh, Lucha Libre in particular. Wrestling is super hot, but Lucha Libre in particular is red hot right now. So maybe that's something they do for next year's Comic-Con when guests can be there. They might have uh, – I mean, San Diego's a hotbed for Lucha talent locally. So Very true. Uh, you know – just uh, and those of you that are listening and, and think this is a great idea, let the Comic-Con people know you think this is a great idea because they if they hear it, they'll do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that goes for also local Comic-Cons. It does seem like, you know, regional Comic-Cons are now coming back up. 
mm-hmm. and they have, you know, more uh, ability to incorporate different artists and panels and opportunity and events. So, you know, even think about that in your local Comic Con uh, scene. Um, and if you see any of that, let us know, just like we talk about in the Indie Roundup. Yep. If there is, you know, a Comic Con in your area that's featuring a Lucha panel or Lucha artist or anything very cool related to, you know, Lucha Libre, let us know and we're happy to share it on the, on the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. So uh, I'm just going to – Headlocked Comics every year does is touring most of the Comic-Cons. They come up here to Seattle. They usually bring a wrestling talent or two with them. So if you are familiar with Headlocked Comics, let them know. Maybe you have a little more Lucha Libre content. Uh, I know I'm going to bug them about it. But they, I mean, yeah, they, they are like to Miranda's point. They, they, there's already wrestling talent that is being brought around, and they regularly, Headlock regularly brings two or three people. I got to meet Ric Flair at a Comic Con because he was signing Headlock comics. So, I mean, come on. Very Sorry. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, that's super cool. Well, speaking of history, speak well, kind of history. I had a segue and I lost it. But you know, Dusty, you gave us a little history lesson earlier in the show, so it's true. We're gonna swing yeah. back to you, and why don't you take us through this week in Lucha Libre history? Oh, uh, that's right. It's time for this week in Lucha Libre history. Be sure to check in at luchacentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre by Pep Carrera. He's got information on their birthdays, matches of the day, anniversaries, amazing videos, all kinds of stuff, even more than I'm describing. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and it's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week, we chose July the 21st, 2009, when Yo Del Fantasma, who had Hector Garza in his corner, won the CMLL World Middleweight Championship after beating Iverno at the Arena Mexico in Mexico City. This was a great match. Uh, we had Fantasma in a beautiful teal mask and a full body suit, which instantly gave the feeling that things were a little different for this match. It was a two out of three falls match with Averno picking up the first fall before Il Del Fantasma really hit his rhythm and lost his shirt and started <laughs> to take over the match before picking up the win. After the match, Averno showed respect to Phantasma by congratulating him and celebrating the victory. On February the 14th, 2010, after only one successful title defense since July 2009, Il Del Fantasma lost the middleweight title to Negro Casas. This would be Il Del Fantasma's only singles title run in CMLL, despite later challenging Dragon Rojo Jr., before later leaving for AAA in 2013. Brendan, what did you think of the match this week? Um, I, I loved this match. Uh, it, again, it's your classic CMLL old school production, which, uh, I mean, you know, some people might get tired of seeing it week in and week out, but when you see classic matches like this, you can really appreciate that. Two yeah. out of three falls and the, uh, and just how good this format can be. And, uh, the visual presentation started off right away for me because you mentioned that it was a white and teal outfit that he was wearing. Yes, and, yeah, just and, stunning yeah, visual, yeah. yeah. Stood totally out a lot. Yeah. And Averno came out in black, so they were already visually telling you who to root for, and I was loving that. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, it just uh, it was a very fun fun match to watch the the 
classic stuff. The the second fall was was probably where the meat was at too. So like the, I think that that was the longest straight run of the match. Mm-hmm. And that you know if you just watch that middle part of it, you get a great great match out of it too. So. <laughs> all in all, fun stuff. Really, really impressed with this. Loved it. Miranda, what do you what did you notice? Yeah, I you know, the the color scheme too was something very different because I've I've really only seen um you know Eho with the purple. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of different to to see him in that light blue. But you're very right, both of you, as far as the traditional CMLL format, the falls. I did think it was kind of interesting with that last fall where it almost seemed like he kicked out right at two. Yeah. And that was yeah. some of that, you know, so almost controversial at the end. Uh, but, but it, you know, when the referee called it and, and said, and, and Averno eventually, you know, it did look like he was upset when he took the belt back, you know, you know, mm-hmm. trying to make, make a claim that, you know, he hadn't lost, but then gave it to Eho. You know, that kind of was a nice touch at the end. Um, I loved the work that they did on the ramp. Um, yes, I thought that was, that was one a of the, cool spot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm cool spot where he hold, you know flew over the top rope from the ramp back into the ring and then the tope in between the ropes mm-hmm. out to the crowd and literally I mean that that really pushed the chairs back so um and you know I guess that's, that's that, just caution of lucha libre that's that arrow from hell kind of yes. precursor there <laughs> yeah true yeah um, but you know, I thought it, it was a fun match to watch. I was entertained through the whole thing. And, you know, that's one thing, even though CMLL is viewed in a more traditional, you know, light, it does make it as a fan, like very easy to watch. And sometimes you don't necessarily need to think and not in a bad way that you don't need to think. It's just very straightforward. And I really do appreciate that about CMLL because they put together very strong matches. I think it can be after a while, very routine and you're looking for, you know, where's a swerve or where's something exciting. Mm, but I do yeah. think when they are able to, like I said, the, the work on the ramp to me, was what made that match a little bit different. And, you know, just, just even though you kind of got the, the sense with the three falls, how it was going to go out, the, when they were able to do some unique moves and, and some fun things, that's what I think was that little pop of like, Oh, that's interesting or that's fun. And that helped make that match, you know, worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, that was this week in Lucha Libre history. Again, as Dusty mentioned, you can find this day in Lucha Libre history on LuchaCentral.com. But there is so much more. Brendan, do you mind telling our listeners what else they can find on LuchaCentral.com? Let's do this again. So, folks, if you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it, it really, really, really is time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is your online home for Lucha Libre, where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area and find photo galleries from the top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. 
And and the nail, the final thing, that arrow, so to tie it back into that last segment, it's all free. All of it, free. Just go to LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Brendan, you did such a wonderful job on that reefer, you know, luchacentral.com. I, I, you know, if you don't mind, if, if it's too much, please let me know. But I'd love for you to take, you know, this next opportunity to talk to us a, a bit about ROH this week. Oh man. So, uh, I was, went into this thinking it wasn't going to be a particularly strong lucha centric episode. But uh, we did have Ray Orus and Fred Yehai in the opening match uh, in a, a traditional rules, not pure rules match. Uh, and uh, it kind of it kind of really stole the show. It really like it, the only flaw that I had with this is that it was the opening match on TV. So it didn't get as much time as it 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 needed to be an a amazing and top tier match, but you could see easily see these two guys doing a great program together on a pay per view after this match. So um, check it out. It, uh, <laughs> the, it there was some weirdness with the free TV, and I got to watch the episode late, but it is up. So go go watch uh, go watch it on the ROH's site, or the, they'll probably have the highlights of this match up by now, or by the time you see this. But Miranda cued me in. We also have some uh, announcements that just came out today. So we are building up towards uh, Glory by Honor. And they have announced some matches for night one, which is going to be August 20th. And I believe that would imply that the night two will probably be the 21st. But, you know, I mean, that's just me making assumptions there. Uh, it would make sense. That's a Friday and a Saturday. Uh one of the first matches they announced is the is another rematch of uh LFI versus Violence Unlimited at uh uh did they mention the who specifically is going to be representing them or did they just mention it by faction Miranda uh let me double check because i believe they they had a graphic uh of everyone that's going to be in the match so uh please Continue. No, no worries. Yeah, um, please discuss as we. And then uh, the other one that we got is Bandito will be defending his ROH Heavyweight Championship at uh, at at the Glory by Honor against Flip Gordon, the Mercenary. And uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about this before. Flip himself is not a luchador, but and much like PJ Black, like I've talked about, he has worked with a lot of luchadors. He mm-hmm. works very well with the style. Yes. Uh, I think that this would this will be a good matchup to make Bandito look good, and I think that's the point here. This isn't necessarily supposed to be the, oh my goodness, is Flip going to win this match sort of thing. It's going to be a showcase of two of their top-tier talents and, and try and elevate both of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Going back to uh, Violence Unlimited versus La Facción, uh, we are going to see Violent Unlimited's Brody King and Tony Deppin, as well as Chris Dickinson and Homicide uh, versus uh, Roosh, uh, Dragon Lee, Kenny King, and Bestial Del Ring. Oh, so it's pretty much everybody. Yep. It really is LFI versus Violence Unlimited. So at that point, we can also expect that the foundation will get involved at some some point as well. And 
possibly even a yet-to-be-disclosed faction, because I kind of get the feeling they're building up to... Uh, they built this week's television built up uh Shane Taylor Enterprises uh or productions one of those Shane Taylor's faction and uh they are kind of as the more wrestlers are returning kind of reminding us that there are more factions in ROH so there I would suspect that this might get amended and a third or fourth team added in the near future yes it Certainly does look like it. That's that's the ROH news, though. You know we're going to be talking more about it as the weeks to come. Already seems oh, yeah. like that week. We already have Ring of Honor, SummerSlam, and now NXT happening in one weekend. So... That show's going to wow. go long, folks. <laughs> that, <laughs> imagine that week afterwards is going to go. Oh. It's going to be... Packed up lots of content, so yeah. Get ready. Get your popcorn. Get your seats. There's also the uh, the normally WWE uh, or during the not WWE Indies during the weeks that WWE is hosting uh, WrestleMania. The Indies host a, a wrestle a, a number of events in the same city, and because they're treating SummerSlam like WrestleMania, thanks to all of the COVID nonsense, there are indies that are get it gearing up for big shows that weekend too. So there's yes. going to be even more going on. Yes. Yes. I can tell you, I plan on being in Las Vegas for that SummerSlam weekend. Um, already GCW is planning on being there. And of course, future stars of wrestling both plan to have multiple shows throughout that weekend. Exciting. Not going to sleep. Just not going <laughs> to sleep. Not sleeping who, that weekend. Who needs a hotel? Who just, uh, <laughs> it's, it's gonna be long, but it'll be very exciting. Be very, very exciting that weekend. And it's great. Again, the local wrestling economy, something we all here support. So we're gonna jump into some brief AAA news with Dusty. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on this week, but AAA Azteca did air a brief video confrontation between Kenny and Andrade with Don Callis and Kenny's side and Conan at Andrade's side. It was really the kind of same bravado that we saw between Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy before their match. But because Conan was there, there were some extra insults aimed at K-Dog and his association with Disco Inferno. So, yeah, it was funny. It was entertaining. It'll be interesting to see what comes of all of this, as well as Conan's involvement in all of this. This was before the pairing with Chavo Guerrero, but Conan figures and looms large in AAA and AAA history, so he's an important figure there, and Andrade being in AAA, yeah, it's just, it's interesting, but it's unknown how he may figure into things, or if he was just there and decided to give Andrade the rub because they were both backstage, but it's definitely an interesting wrinkle in the story leading towards Triple Mania and the AAA Mega Campion Championship match between Andrade and Kenny Omega. I also want to shout out Cubs fan slash Lucha blog. He uploaded this segment on YouTube this week for all those of us in America. So big appreciation to him for doing that and everything else he's done to help us see AAA during the pandemic. And just keeping us up to date on, on news and ways that yeah. we just like, I, I, 
I rely on Lucha Blog for a lot of my indie roundup news because it's just not enough of me to to do what Cubs does. As. He he covers it all somehow. He's <laughs> yeah. just does a fantastic job. Thank you, Dusty, for that AAA news. Up next, some brief MLW news. Uh, just a heads up that Battle Riot 3 will air on YouTube and Bean Sports on Saturday, July 24th, likely when you're listening to this show. So you will be able to watch Battle Riot 3, a very packed show, one that we are going to wait until it airs to talk more about, uh, that we did talk about the spoiler about, you know, the new LAX. Coming together, uh, during Battle Riot, uh, three with a slice boogie and Danny Limelight still being led by Conan. Uh, and so once this show airs, we're going to be able to talk more about the Battle Riot itself and some of the matches that are, that were also taped for that. We also believe many of those matches were also taped for future episodes of MLW Fusion. So make sure you check it out. It's free on YouTube. Free. Free. So We're back to check. that price. Yes. <laughs> and then make sure you check out MLW uh, on YouTube for Battle Riot 3. Also in MLW News, they've announced that the promotion is laying out their plans uh, for the MLW Opera Cup tournament. Um, and this is a tournament that did come back uh, back in 2019. Um, the, and just more of an interesting note about cities being considered to host the tournament um, includes Chicago, New York, Baltimore, Toronto and Boston. So, so I'd be very interested to see if, you know, anything with the pandemic has a, a sway in the decision making to this. Uh, but, you know, these were. um you know, this 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 tournament was hosted in opera houses, uh, I would guess nearly a century ago. So lots of history and tie-in with the Opera Cup tournament. Um, but it does look like Major League Wrestling is moving forward with that tournament this year. And who knows, it may be coming to a city near you. So uh, I'm just going to, since I follow all of the pandemic news, uh, the Toronto would have to be considered your outside pick. Yes. They, uh, they're just now considering opening the borders up mm-hmm. to, to tourists. And, uh, that's probably not going to last because we can't have nice things. So, um, <laughs> yes, I believe there was, so Canada was going to be opening their borders to vaccinated U.S. citizens. Mm. But then yes. also, I, I know the United States has still decided to uh, not allow Canadian citizens. Right. In. So, yeah. Doing my best news gathering of that. But you're right. Um, as much as that could be a consideration, that would probably be the long shot of mm-hmm. the selected cities just because of the. Uh, you know, uh, uh, border issues, uh, between the United States and Canada at this time. And with many of your talent being U.S. citizens, it seems, you know, unlikely that some of, you know, it would be a challenge to do something internationally at this point. Yeah. As weird as, as it is to think of Canada as international. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, the final uh, news. You know, worthy item of, of tonight's show is CMLL. Brendan, go ahead and take it away. All right. So we had just a few results there. Again, there's a lot of CMLL that has happened, but uh, they are 
building up the uh Leyenda de Plata de Plata uh the uh and and so we had the first half of it which featured Dragon, Rojo Jr., Templario, Volador, Mistico, Mephisto, Star Jr., Espirito Negro, and Raziel. And they did this in traditional CML tournament format where they had a battle royal first to determine the seeding. And uh, I will spare you the long-form results on that, which are available on LuchaCentral.com if you want to know who eliminated who. But the long and the short of it is Templario has advanced and he will be at, at the uh, finals on the 30th of this month against whoever comes out of this week's pay-per-view uh, for the for the other half of the bracket. So there's your little go watch the pay-per-view plug plus uh, your, your results uh, from last week where Templario has has advanced to the finals. Uh, so we've already been denied the, uh, the Mystico tweeted Mystico Caristico final, final, but, uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, I do want to see that match, Mystico and Caristico at some point, but it doesn't need to be at the finals of the Leyenda de Plata. So there we go. It's our CMLL results this week. And that does it for this week's episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope that you listen uh, to next week's episode. And also, you can listen to previous week's episodes. Where? Well, you can find that at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can also follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Lucha Central also has a YouTube page with tons of content, including exclusive interviews, matches, and more. While you're there, well, why don't you go ahead and follow us on social media? Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy, and I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the numbers, 321, and then T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. As we mentioned earlier on the show, if you are a Lucha Libre uh, fan, independent wrestling fan, promoter, wrestler, please reach out to us uh, about Lucha Libre promotions or matches that are happening uh, throughout the independent scene. We'd love to feature them on a future edition of the Indie Roundup. Also, kind of on the fly, as we mentioned, if you are also participating or know of Comic-Cons throughout the U.S. that have Lucha Libre content, or Lucha Doors attending, let us know. We'd be happy to promote them. For the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast and for Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and we will be back next week. Yeah.